And you know, you, most of you, you still have, and it's not even your fault, it's just normal, it's just what humans do. It's not because you're dumb, it's just because you're human, okay? But most of you still allow these people in your life. And it's, it's lessening the success that you could have. It's getting in the way of you being your best self. The, the sooner you realize that and harshly cut them out of your life, you're better off to be alone. You're better off to, to be with a, a documentary or an audio book or just, just about anything that would be productive or educational than, than hang out with these, these poisoners that are you know, slowly sabotaging your success, slowly, slowly taking away from the joy and the brilliant thoughts you have in the short term and, and just decimating the future that you could have built without them. You gotta go find other people. You gotta go find other people. If you think you're gonna be any good, at, you know, any of you that have the delusion that you're gonna make any serious money, you're, you know, cause you're not. You're not gonna be an entrepreneur. You're, you're literally sabotaging your financial future. It's your friends, it's not the people at the top. The people at the top, you know, I, I have several billionaire friends. I've met 20 something billionaires and by, by met I mean like I shook hands with or spent significant time with. Um, you know, it's three of them, if I call them or text them, be so happy to hear from me. You know, we can hang out a few times a year. They invite me to cool shit here and there a couple times a year. And um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, sure, they're so, they're so happy. They're just so happy that, you know, to, to have someone like me to hang out with. And I don't say that in a cocky way at all. I mean that in a very humble way. It's like, you know, why? It's like, I'm, I'm not as rich as they are. I don't even think I'm rich. You know, I have, I have several million dollars and I have a very, very comfortable life. And I certainly never have to work again if I don't care to. But um, the, the point is, I don't need something from them. I'm one of the few people in their whole life that I'm not gonna ask them for money. I'm not gonna ask them for a job. The last thing I want is a job. I'm not gonna ask them for money. I'm not gonna ask them for a job. I'm not going to, uh, I don't need anything. So we get to just hang out and fucking talk shit. You know, like, you know, 85% of the time, I'm just thinking, you know, how, how can I help this poor bastard have a, more fun in his life? How can I help this poor bastard have a better life? And maybe 15% of the time I'd ask for, for very brief advice about something. Very brief, because you know what those people don't have? They don't have any time. They don't have any time. So very brief advice about something is, you know, bullet points. Bullet points, you know, you know hey, I, I got this situation. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Uh, I'm thinking about it like this. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. I know that you're too busy to spend any time on this. Is there anybody you know that you could point me in the right direction that might be able to help me with this thing? And you know, those people know everybody. Everybody wants to talk to them. So they're, they're saying, yeah, I'll send you here, email, bing, 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 bing. Here, so-and-so. And you know, you just got a social contact that you couldn't buy for 50 grand. You couldn't pay 50 grand. You couldn't pay 100,000 to get a meeting with some of those people. You couldn't pay a million to get a meeting with some of those people I've got meetings with. And I just want to make, you know, I'm literally there to make the guy's life a little better. If I never got anything out of it, that's fine. We had a fun story together. You know, and, and, if, and if you could just give me an introduction once a year, forgive me a little introduction over there or a little introduction over there, that's worth a lot of fucking money. That's worth a lot of fucking money. So, you know, it's, you know people on top wish there was more people on top, bro. People aren't trying to hold you, you down, bro. It's like, I grew up poor. You know, my dad was in prison for most of my childhood. My uncle was in prison for most of my childhood. And, um, you know, I, I had, I so wanted better role models. I had a lot of bad role models. I didn't have good role models. I didn't have somebody to point me in a more positive direction. You know, my, my six friends from childhood, three of them are dead. Uh, one's doing 30 years in a state penitentiary. One's doing life in a federal penitentiary. And the sixth one is crippled because he's a dumbass and he was high and drunk at work with heavy equipment, like Caterpillar machines. Not a good idea. So he did that to himself. So that, that's who I was surrounded by. And like, you gotta put yourself around a better group of people. And like, the world is cheering for you to win. Your close friends aren't. 
You know, who's, you know who the biggest betrayers of your success are? Your current peer group. Because everybody else, you know, all of you would like to meet somebody else that's resourceful and motivated and getting something done. Everybody would love to meet somebody new like that. Wouldn't you like a new friend like that? Wouldn't all of you like a new friend like that? It's resourceful, motivated, loyal, trustworthy, has some size perhaps, you know, able to kick someone's ass, wise enough not to do it at an inappropriate time. Everybody wants more friends like that. The world's not trying to hold you down. You know who your big, the biggest betrayers of your success are you, number one, it's probably you. Number two is your peer group, your current peer group. They don't want you to be more successful because that would hurt their little bitch feelings that they're not stepping up at the same level. And those are the people that are gonna shame you. Maybe your family, parts of your family might. Your friends certainly will. Right, so you, you have to surround yourself with, you know, I, I went through extraordinary lengths and I really mean that like, you know, what's extraordinary, extraordinary far above average lengths to go find a peer group of like high quality, very motivated people. High quality, very motivated people. I don't hang, I spend no time with anybody else. The, the people at the top are not trying to hold you down. They wish they had more cool people to hang out with. And, and a, lot of, a lot of wealthy people are like, you know, they got a lot of problems too. They got all the problems that you guys have too. You know, lottery winners find a way to go bankrupt many of them. So, you know, money, money doesn't solve all these problems. Now, now, money does solve some problems, and having money certainly solves some problems that not having money can create. But, you know, money doesn't solve all your problems. It basically just gives you the freedom to, to amplify whatever sort of personality you already have. It gives you the freedom to spend your time doing the things that you'd like to do instead of some fake-ass shit that you feel like you have to do. So it just gives you the, the ability, the freedom, to go amplify your, your genuine, sincere personality. And you know, with, with little fear of consequence, or, or no fear of consequence. Money doesn't, uh, doesn't fix everything, but uh, beats the shit out of being poor. I've, I've had both, and it beats the shit out of being poor, that's a fact. All right? But you know, you'll, you'll see in life that the more, the more value you could add to others, the more you could make yourself pragmatically useful to others, well, golly gee, they sure treat you a lot better when you behave that way, don't they? When you can help somebody else accomplish their goals, they, you know, they return your phone calls a lot quicker. They respond to your email, your text a whole lot quicker. So you know, I, I just think that's the, you know, the way and the, the truth and the light is you know, how can I make myself more useful to others and you know, pragmatically useful? How can, I, how can I accomplish things? How can I overcome things? How can I help other people do the same thing? And partially because I disliked my childhood uh, to such an extent that I wanted to be far away from it. And, and, I, and I do get a, a lot of joy in helping somebody else do that. Um, and partially just because there's, there's just no better other way. There's no other way that's better to, to make the sort of life that I want to live. You, you got to be in self-selected groups. I, I love cover charges for that reason. I talk about it and like, it, it, it alienates dummies when I talk about this. And every smart person already gets it. It's like, I love paying a cover charge. I love paying cover charges. I love it. Because well, you're, not, you're not paying to get in. And, and what I'm talking about is like a nightclub or you know, university tuition or like you know, elite social groups that, uh, that a normal person just can't join, you know? And you know, last year, I, I talked about this recently um, in YouTube, but last year I spent uh, $39,800 just in admission to like, you know, like entrepreneurial groups and different little private groups that I'm a member of, uh, 40 grand. And when I looked at that, I didn't think it was a lot of money. I'm like, damn, I'm supposed to be spending more. For the amount of money that I'm making, I'm supposed to spend more money on that type of thing. And so far this year, I spent 62,000. I'm keeping track of it. And, and I, it's my goal that I want to spend 100,000 a year. Um, and, you know, and then I'll get uh, and more later and more later. But it's my goal right now that I want to spend 100,000 a year just on access to you know, entrepreneurial groups, 
social networking type groups that uh, a normal person just can't go to. I just think of it like that way. It's like you're not paying to get in. You're, you're paying to keep all the wrong people out. You, just, you pay a fee to keep the wrong people out so you don't have to associate with people that, that would poison your life. And then what's left is, you know, it shouldn't be like a, you know, if you're, if you're doing pretty well in life, it's not like a treat for you to hang out with other people that are doing well too. It's just normal. If you're doing good, it'd be normal to hang out with other people that are doing good, you know? So it's, it's not like you're paying to go hang out with other people that are doing pretty good. You just, you know, you, you hold yourself to a, separ- a, a certain standard that you're allowed to be in these places. But the reason that there's a money exchange is you're just, you're just paying the management to keep out the losers so you don't have to deal with all this trash and riffraff that uh, would, would make your life worse off instead of better off. The other things I think about that, that allow me to get those things is like, well, how could I be a better uh, economist? How could, I, how could I use my time and other resources more prudently and for greater effect? How could I be a better psychologist? And you know, two-thirds of anything that you would learn about psychology is not about the others. Two-thirds of anything you learn about psychology, what is the dumbass shit that we do to ourselves? What are the dumbass thoughts that I have in my head that are holding me back from having a better outcome? And maybe the other one-third is looking at the other humans and being like, oh, they're, they're doing that thing too. Or they're doing this other bizarre thing that I've read about or heard about and I don't innately understand, but I see how a permutation or combination of genetic code and environment could create such a creature on the earth. So, you know, I try to, I have to, there's enough empirical evidence that I, it would be foolish for me to allow myself the delusion that such creatures don't exist. But God, it's a foreign idea and at least I'm not doing that to myself, you know? But two thirds of it is just introspection of unwiring your own stupidity. You know, would you generally agree with that? Yeah. Two-thirds of anything you'd learn about psychology is unwiring your own stupidity. And maybe one-third applies to the other people, the other creatures you're interacting with around the world. And then the third thing I think about all the time is communications. If you could be a 3% better communicator, you would, you would double your income in 12 months. You don't, you don't have to be a 300% better communicator. If you were a 3% better communicator, especially as an engineer, especially as an engineer, if you were a 3% better communicator, you'd double your income in 12 months. And you know, I talked to one of my buddies, is, uh, He's a CEO of it's a small company, and um, he and I were talking about. You know, he had a he called me about a, just a question about a, a conflict that he was having within his company. He's asking my advice on how to solve a social conflict of another person in the company that's very important to the organization, but also causes a lot of little drama and troubles in the organization. And I said, you know, you and I are both real calm about stuff because you know we we had a lot of bad days in our life or had a lot of rough days in our life, you know. So him and I are real calm about stuff and. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I was like, uh, he's like, you know, I, got, I, was, uh, I had cancer, I, had, you know, I, I recovered from that. He's like, I got stabbed when I was younger and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I got stabbed too. And I haven't even thought about it for a long time. But, you know, I, I had to pull a steak knife out of my own shoulder at one time in my life. And that wasn't much fun, you know. So I just think all day, how do we get shit done? How do we go build something? How do we get shit done? How do we solve a real problem? And, you know. I, and I don't think that's so extraordinary. You know what your ancestors all did? That's how they spent their days. I don't think that's so extraordinary in human history because that's how our ancestors built a civilization. I think the only thing that's weird about me behaving that way is, is just that, oh, other people stopped thinking that way. We, as we had a, a, a more robust civilization, other people just got soft and became more pussy. Because uh, you know, if you looked at if you, anything that I just said, well, all of your ancestors had violent conflict. All of your ancestors had, you know, man, they had tougher things than we got to deal with. All of us, every one of us, you got ancestors that dealt with way tougher stuff than we got to deal with. 
you know, like life or death things, you die early, um, you know, it's, it's bad. So I, I don't think there's anything extraordinary uh, in that respect about how I am thinking or how I'm structuring my time, except that other people seem to substitute towards leisure and softness uh, in the modern world, you know, very rapidly. They just want to be soft and it's like a jellyfish. You know, there's no way that I wake up 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and be like, damn, I, I wish I knew less about how, you know, money works. I wish I knew less about how to get money. I wish I knew less about, you know, economics or I wish I, I wish I knew less about human nature, my own and others. There's no way that you wake up and wish that you were dumber or poorer or you know, less of a quality communicator. Because those are the things that are gonna be, you know, those are the, the, the predictors, the correlates that are gonna indicate like, what's the quality of your peer group? What is, what's the quality of people that it's gonna be normal for you to hang out with? You know, how, how strong are those relationships gonna be? The, how, how strong are those bonds and those relationships gonna be? Um, what are your financial resources gonna look like? Based on those social resources, you think you, does anybody here, is anybody here too dumb to understand? You all understand, right, that your, your social resources are gonna greatly predict your financial resources? You all get that? Yeah, of course, because you're a human, of course. So, you know, what does that mean? It means you're gonna have to have really good, you know, the higher quality friends you have, you're gonna have access to more cool shit, including money. Right. The money is not the thing. All the money buys you is freedom, bro. The freedom, all the money gets you is like the freedom to spend your time doing the shit you like to do instead of some fake ass shit that you feel like you have to do. Yeah, you know, there, there's no way that you wake up later. All, all that really means then, if we boil that back down to today, what do we got to do today? Is, well, we, gotta, we have to invest, all of us, me and everybody else here, is like the people that are going to have the best outcome, you know, this year and next year and three years and five years and 10 and 20 and 30 and so on, the people that are gonna have the best short-term and long-term outcomes are, are people that are gonna invest in education. And specifically, people that have a, an education around um, you know, communication, build, build, being a better communicator of value, building your value, so building your personal value, which a lot of guys are already good at that here, right? But a lot of you are fucking really dropping the ball on communicating that value to others, to, to other quality men or to other quality women. Some people are too shy. Some people just haven't thought about it that way. For the mathy, nerdy science guys, a lot of those people, um, they're, they're just in a negative mindset, and I, and I don't mean that in a bad way, just hear me out on this. For, for the engineer type people, and you know, mathy science people in general, okay? Doc, that includes doctors, lawyers, you know, engineers, um, finance nerds, econ type nerds, you know, all of us, okay? Like these are people that are thinking about failure points. You spend all day thinking about where's the failure in the system? Where's the problem? What's the problem? Where's the failure point? How do, we keep, how do we stop from fucking up? Let's make sure we don't fuck it up. You guys get that? Right. Is that a great entrepreneurial mindset? This is not a great entrepreneurial mindset. And you, you don't get what you deserve in life, you get what you negotiate for. It's just fact. Uh, specifically, I'm gonna do this four day program about sales, marketing, and negotiation. There's a lot of guys that are really smart, they're really motivated, and if you could just change their thought about a couple things to make them a little more tolerant of conflict, to um, help them be a better communicator about their legitimate value and pr value proposition and, and you know, uh, what could be a sustainable, mutually beneficial long-term relationship, which was where any mo money or other long-term happiness is gonna come from. You know? uh, that's really what I'm gonna do over there. We're gonna do a lot of exercises. You know, it's one thing for me to have a seminar about something, and I'll do that, but my, my NFL buddy, my business partner is gonna come talk at this thing. 
about, you know, he made some money in the NFL. He made a whole lot more money, about $40 million in business after that, you know? Um, you know, several, everybody speaking at this fucking thing is a multimillionaire that they did something, you know, it's a self-made multimillionaire guy. So I had, you know, several people that are, you know, fitness celebrities, former models, fitness celebrities, uh, have, you know, two, three million followers on various social media platforms, stuff like that. They're going to help guys with, you know, how do you create a, you know, how do you create a band, brand, and how do you monetize that brand? What is it? What is a brand? What is a brand name, guys? Yeah, it's a promise, recognizable and safe. It's a promise that it's going to live up to a certain standard. That's what a brand name is. The brand name, you know, Gucci counts, right? It's a brand name. That, you know, a brand name is a promise that it's going to be a certain standard of quality or social status in the case of some luxury goods. You know, why do I have this ridiculous watch that I paid too much money for? Uh, you know, a, a Timex watch. You could buy a watch for $40. You pay for a brand name because it means something. You know, you, you, you pay, you know, a scrap value on that watch is, if you melt it down to goddamn gold, it's, uh, you know, 18 carats or 75% pure and uh, a couple hundred grams and uh, $1,520 an ounce right now, because my juice by sense is telling me so. Um, <laughs> So 155 troy ounces. The scrap gold's worth about 7,600 bucks. Right, and then whatever the diamonds are worth. And diamonds are a false market too, by the way. If anybody that knows about De Beers Corporation, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an artificial market. You know? So I don't know, we got 10 grand in scrap here. So, so why do you buy a, a watch and pay 50,000 used when it's worth 10 grand in scrap? Used 50,000 when it's worth 10 grand in scrap. Because Rolex built a big enough brand name over the last 100 years that, you know, you know what, since I bought my last Rolex starting at age 20, and, I, and the, the eight other, nine other Rolexes I had over that time, I always, I always bought them used, because I'm a Jew. <laughs> I always bought them used, and I always bought them for, at, a, at a reasonable enough price that they, you know, I, I've either got you know, 95% of my money back, or sometimes 140% of my money back, that you sold them for a profit. So you basically get to wear the thing for free, and it's a store of value, because I hear, you have faith in Rolex to keep up their brand name, that to keep up that brand promise that somebody in the future is going to pay some ridiculous fee for it as well, you know? You basically ought to wear the goddamn thing for free. You might even make a profit on it later, you know? Better than inflation. The girl version of that is a Chanel handbag. You know, there, there's Chanel handbags that, you know, you, you know the, the, the classic jumbo, like the, the flat bag? Uh, so those bags were three grand. If you remember 10 years ago, that was a $3,000 handbag. And now they're 6200 but you know, the god, goddamn Chanel just doubled the price of their bag in a decade, more than doubled the price of it. It's the same bag. It's called the classic bag. It's been around for decades. They just doubled the price in the last decade, because they can, because they can. And I don't know why they got rid of the grand shopping tote. That was a sin. Look, man, if I wanted to go study something new, the first thing I would do is go get a mentor to do that. If I, th if I decided I was gonna be a doctor, I wouldn't start fucking cutting up my girlfriend by myself. I, probably I should go to medical school or some shit, you know? Probably I should go find a trained professional to help me, you know, engage in the best practice because you're gonna fucking hurt yourself or be in a much worse situation. And kind of to, to Travis's point, like, a guy that's got a good work ethic, a guy that's working really hard, but like working on the wrong things, you're making your life worse. So literally you're making your life worse. Guy, you know, I, I'm a smart guy, great work ethic, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna work harder. If you're working on the wrong things, you're making your life worse. You know, and time has gone by, and time is your most valuable asset. I just wanted more freedom. I, I didn't want to feel like you know that uh, 
you know, just a just a poor dumbass, you know. I just didn't want to live my life that way, and uh, it just changed my whole life, you know. And there, there, there's there's nothing more noble in the world, you know. Andrew Carnegie talked about wealth, and Andrew Carnegie was the richest man in the world at one time, and inflation adjusted, he'd have over four hundred billion dollars today. Andrew Carnegie is, you know, Carnegie Steel, which then turned into U.S. Steel out in Pittsburgh, and. Uh, he said, you know, no, no person can become rich without themselves enriching others. And that made a lot of sense to me. You gotta, the only way that you get money, the only way that you have best relationships is you gotta help other people accomplish their goals. You gotta be able to add enough value. This is what this value adding means. It's not some metaphysics woo-woo shit. Maybe some other people talk about it that way. I don't think of it that way. It's just like, oh, like, the more I can contribute to others, the more they're happy to contribute back to me. The more I can help people solve their problems, um, the more I can figure out how to solve my own problems, you're now qualified for higher quality problems. And when you can solve more difficult, higher quality problems, you're gonna get better rewards, aren't you? That's just it, you know, it's how, how do we do that? And you know, pickup is a team sport, and the business thing is a team sport, and like, the people that do that alone don't have the best outcomes, it's gonna be bad. And the people that go build a network around them of like, they have the best training, they have the best people around them, those people are gonna have superior outcomes.